Hello, thanks for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries. This one's slightly different. For a start, I couldn't get the bloody theme tune to work. I really couldn't. And the reason why is this one is a director's interview and we also speak to one of the stars of the documentary and we recorded it on Skype and that's got a different megahertz apparently and the megahertz are really, really, really important. For the live of me, I couldn't get the theme tune to not play like it was on uh, a Benny Hill loop. So I've just left it out. And you've got me. Um, We speak to Matthew and Barnaby O'Connor in this episode, as well as Minnie Lane. And me and Rick really geek out here. Um, Just understanding how a documentary gets made, the pain they have to go through. The people who made this um, are intelligent, funny, empathetic, Is that right? Is that the right word? It is now because I'm not going to record this intro again. And they're just really nice. We really, really enjoyed speaking. This we spoke for hours, Uh, and I've I've tried to cut out some of the some of the waffle. Um, But yeah, it was really great. So enjoy it, and see you on the next one. Thanks for supporting it. Really, yeah, it's really uplifting. Have a great day. Ta-da. All right, let's just have a laugh then. Hey, quickly, Barnaby, can we just do the can we just do the British thing? What's the weather like where you are, sir? Sunshine, <laughs> <laughs> twenty eight degrees. I'm sweltering like this. Like, oh my god, <laughs> Rick. Why don't, as always, mate? Why don't Why don't you kick us off? First off, um, really, really enjoyed the documentary. Um, just as a as a baseline to start off, when did you start the the idea? When was the inception to look into the world of the the pickup artists? Would, would we call them? Yeah. Uh, okay. So we started in 2014, um, and we we finished the final edit in 2018. So it was about four years from the very first interviews to finishing the film that wasn't working on it full time. Obviously Um, we did, uh, we did about two and a half, three years of interviews and going out and meeting people and recording uh, material. And then we had a year and a half of working solidly on the edit to put the documentary together. I think it's really well put together. That is, it does stand out on that. Yeah. And one of the first things you see is you guys are in these seminars that um, the people go to, which the first time I saw that, it really looks like um, sort of like incel Scientology inside from the documentaries I've seen. And they are just absolutely cram-packed. How, so I take it this is hidden camera footage you guys had to sneak in there to get that? Or did they know you were filming... No, they 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 knew we were filming. I think I think one of the biggest things that happened over the course of making the documentaries because we started in 2014. This was so Me Too as a as a movement, and the times and Times Up is more recent. But Me Too as a movement has actually been around for quite a long time. I, I'm, I'm sure you know, just in case people don't know that, but it only really came to kind of the forefront of the discussion and the conversation in 2016 slash 2017. So when we started. It wasn't, I, I don't think people were, people were much less cautious about the kind of things they said around that sort of topic. And so we were there. I mean, we had huge, uh, great big broadcast quality cameras. I mean, it was pretty obvious what we were doing. Oh, 
Um, uh, I see. I was picturing like a massive suitcase with a hole in it, like The Simpsons. Well, I, I, I don't know how uh, if anyone noticed that during the documentary, um, the bits that we actually filmed of the seminars are not actually the full seminar itself. So that's just a warm up to the actual seminar. And basically, anyone right. that comes in as a student or a participant gets frisked. They have to sign their mobile in. They have to take everything out of their pockets so that the content is not recorded. Um, so most of the actual um, seminar footage is the warm up. It's not actually um, the nuts and bolts of, of what they actually get into. Yeah. I get you. Um, there was that guy, uh, I want to say, was it Baxter yeah. was the English one? That it, For me, it was when he got them to do the <laughs> Spartan war cry. I just found, as someone who's done stand-up for years, I just felt like the laziest crowd work I've ever seen. <laughs> he just went out and went, I watched Infinity War last night. I want us to chant for Thanos, <laughs> and we're all going to bond. Well, I've, I've seen that on corp. I've done, I was in corporate, um like investment banking and law for years and i've done plenty of training courses and it's it the training courses all feel like that it has a very corporate training feel to it did did you get that impression from attending them as well and Minnie, i guess you were involved on the actual side of it was that the was it in your experience was it based on corporate training that you'd attended So it was a really long time ago that I was in the pickup industry. Um, we're talking 14 years ago now. Um, but yeah, I did, I did attend, I think, two of those seminars. And the atmosphere is very strange. But I think, I think the, thing that, the thing is that a lot of the guys there, they're just decent guys that just want yeah. a little bit of help. It's, 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 not, it's not malicious in... in in the way that you'd that I imagined when I went when I first was invited down to one of those seminars. I think I think this is but I think this is why it's so important. This is why this is why I like having Minnie included on these conversations because she can sort of she can talk about this kind of thing of you know not everyone that gets into pickup is is doing it for for bad reasons. Uh, I mean in terms of from the students point of view you know so, um, so yeah. I think that's a good point. Well, one of my comedy partners who I um who I run shows with in the Edinburgh Festival, he is painfully shy around women. And I've worked with him for six years or so, to the point that he'd met my my partner for years. It took him two years to be able to speak to her. And we'd go out drinking and stuff together. He wouldn't say a word. He and he attended these type of um events to help him gain confidence and i thought you'd i was wondering did you show because that it changed him when he went he went to these things I, I think in a positive way um to the point that he's now with a lady and they've just had a child together and he has a really meaningful beautiful relationship and like me his missus and my missus we all go out together now um and he just he's just a lot more relaxed because he has this meaningful relationship. And I'm just in your documentary, I was waiting to see a positive side of things so it could represent my mate. And I didn't see that. 
And I did you experience that when you made the film? Oh, you know what? I would say yes, man. I would say yes. There was, because there was, I can't remember the, the name of the, the company, but there was one instructor who was coaching a guy that was blind. And it was to do with how he got over his disability and kind of came out of himself and was actually able to kind of, um, you know, live, a, should we say, a slightly more normal dating life by having the confidence in himself to, you know, just go out and chat regardless of his disability. So we did see one or two positive sides. But I think right. the thing is, is that when you look at any documentary, you, you could say that the pickup game would have benefited from, should we say, a serialized version because there's so much to each aspect of the business, dating, life coaching, um, that we could have delved into, yeah. but you know, we had hour and a half, um, lots of uh, kind of detailed stuff to get through. We kind of had to sort of rush a little bit over that. I think you've got a really good scope over the time of where it began yeah. from with the, the initial books and then the online um, mm. inception, even just seeing how old the internet looked on that was uh, mm. <laughs> fantastic footage. And then uh, who was it? It was the five guys who um, went and stayed in the same house with Courtney Love. Yeah. Which I think Strauss was one of those. Yeah. If that, yeah. If Neil Strauss. Yeah. That that was all insane. Yeah. Like that, like when you say serialized, that could have been its own episode, I imagine. Just those guys' stories nugget down. But um, is there anyone you met that you just saw, thought was remarkably different off camera? Because the, some of those like um, the heads of the company types or the the coaches, sorry, just seem insane within the footage that we see, like uh, Justin Wayne or Mystery would come to mind. I think, I mean, if I can, this is a, this is a really difficult, well, you, you guys are asking very difficult questions, <laughs> which is good. And I, I'm going to try and answer them candidly. Um, I think the the documentary is supposed to be a cautionary tale. It's not a moralizing yeah. tale. It's not. It's not a. It's not a documentary that says like you know, like casual relationships are bad or having one night stands are bad or I have no issue with any of that. I really don't have a issue either with people trying to talk to someone in a nightclub or a bar or. In, I mean, I don't think any of us do as long as as long as the intention is good. Yeah, hmm. I yeah, think yeah. the problem is the pickup lifestyle is very addictive and it can quite easily become for a certain type of person, it can quite easily become all consuming. Uh, and some of the roads that you can go down and some of that you can, you, there are sort of dangerous holes that you can fall into if you're not careful. And I think that's what the documentary is trying to, to comment on. Are all of the students bad do, you know, with some of the more, it really depends on the advice that you're getting. And also I think what's really difficult is I think some of the instructors, okay, Justin Wayne is extreme. And there's, it's, it's very easy to sort of, you know, and, and I remember filming Justin and saying, look, if we include this stuff, people are going to go crazy just to let you know, like, I don't want, I don't want you to make this documentary and then people to react badly to it. And you say, well, you screwed us over because I'm telling you now, people are not going to react well to this. And I think Justin is, is a very clear example. I have very strong feelings about 
about his behavior. With some of the other instructors, and I think Minnie can talk about this as well, some of them are misguided, or maybe they haven't quite grown up, or maybe it's, it's, it doesn't all come from a place of maliciousness. Some yeah. of it comes from like naivety or not understanding. They don't even understand what they're doing is, is not really beneficial in the long term. Um, I think it's I think it's really difficult to to really get across how complex it all is and and I think what you just said about how certain types of characters get swept down this negative path is 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 really key because for me one of the main problems well there's two ma massive problems one of them is that the, a lot of the instructors maybe all of the instructors just don't actually fully understand the extent of what they're doing um and another one is that there's this sort of one size fits yeah. all approach to dating. And you can't have a one size fits all approach to something where you're dealing with mm. the inside of people's minds and their behavior because everybody is, has different conditioning. Um, and so your friend, you know, some people do come out of this yes. and, mm. and they do have a positive experience. And, and as I said, not, not all bad. If you're somebody who's, overcautious for example and you're stuck in your head and and you're not taking any action because you're you're racked with fear about things that you, that you don't need to worry about you, if you come on one of these courses you may well come out much right. better from it because a lot of the emphasis is on like you know take action take action stop thinking and so somebody like your friend might get swept into that yeah. be forced to take action on a few things and actually come out with greater confidence however if you talk to get somebody who's got a lot of um anger mm. and inner hatred towards women say they've had an abused mother and they're they're harboring all of this anger um and and they don't really give a shit about women and then you tell them stop thinking mm. and take action and they're already not really caring about the women's perspective yes then yeah. that's horrendous advice yeah. to stop thinking and take you need to think more you need to be more considerate of what of what damage you might be doing and yeah. what the other person's experience is going to be and so you get this you get this boot camp full of hundreds sometimes thousands wow. of people and you're saying right what you need to do is this and you just can't teach like that you know I teach one-on-one -on -one for a reason because I have to spend at least an hour listening to the person's individual story and their individual problems it's like in the same way you can't go to one size fits all yeah talking yeah, therapy. Yeah. you can't you couldn't you go and have a therapist because you know one person's dealing with anger another person's dealing with anxiety another person's mm. dealing with shame it, you, there is no size fits all approach um and and for me that's the massive problem with these seminars is it's taught yeah, as okay. if it is and and a lot of these if this worked for me therefore that's what you need to do okay and, and Minnie if and you're happy we'd like to um because one of my questions is where do people like my friend where can they go if they don't want to go to a pickup style school so are you happy for us to put like your details in the show notes of your website and how they can contact you if you know our, our listenership we're, we're not in the thousands yet yeah, but this is kind of evergreen content so it's going to be around there for a number of years um and if you're all right with that we'll also include the uh the links to the film, etc., as well. Um, sorry, Barnaby, I beg your pardon. Yeah, I think I'd quite like to add something to what Minnie was saying, and I think it's quite a good segue, is that what you've got is you've got a dating industry. So predominantly it's based around, for many people, money. 
And so I think what ends up happening with a large proportion of the companies is instead of like Mini's approach where you take an individual and you work with that one individual, it's a, let's throw the net out as wide as possible and try and get as much money as possible. And I think what happens in, especially in the, sort of the slightly shadier side of the pickup industry is they have a formula. That formula they have refined over a number of years, applying lots of different psychological tricks and, and traits. And basically they try to do a one size fits all for everybody. And I think the thing is, is depending which company you go to depends on whether or not you get that personal touch or whether the companies are effectively looking at the students as a dollar bill. And I think when that happens and it's 100% success guaranteed, I mean, how do you guarantee 100% success with any woman that you want? Yeah. It's impossible. And then that's where you start getting down to this sort of slightly darker side. Um, there was quite a number of sections of the documentary that we had to cut out where Minnie explains, look, it's about yourself. It's about being honest. It's about how you approach your life and in turn how that kind of replicates externally and other people see you. And I think when we look at the, the industry that, or the documentary, we're looking also at, okay, well, what happens when it becomes about the money and not actually yeah. about helping others and that emotional kind of side of things. So I think that's quite a good sort of differentiator between the decent companies and maybe the ones to be slightly wary of. Yeah, the money can strip away some of the integrity and good intentions. Yeah, money, yeah. sex, power, it's been there forever, you know. It's intoxicating, that's the thing. You go on a few pickup courses, you learn, uh, and then you're going out and you've, you've got a group of people now that you've sort of bonded with, you've made friends. Yeah. You're even, even I think if you're not necessarily kind of taking people home, you're kind of, you're kind of chatting and, and you it's, I mean, that's quite, that is quite an addictive, that feels very empowering, you know, yeah. to, to a student who's never, which I understand the problem is, it's it's quite easy for that to become a, an obsessive lifestyle. I mean, some of the students is literally what they talked about was was pickup because that's how they know each other. That's how they relate to each other. Yes, uh, secret club. That's, yeah, that's yeah. their hobby. There's no other conversation sometimes um, between them. I'm sure they have other conversations outside of that. Um, but I think I I mean, if I could just sort of this is a, this this podcast I think is because the documentary is really like a starting point. And I think it's conversations like this that actually, uh, are, from from the point of view of as, us as kind of film, it's very good to say, well, you know, that's an interesting point, like you were saying about your friend, and you know, you can't cover it all in an hour and a half. No. So this is a good yeah. uh, kind of platform or opportunity for us to sort of say, well, you know, to to, to broaden the conversation a little bit. What, what were you but hoping think, to achieve? Sorry, with the with the the message you're putting out there, is it? one of education and you know women are not commodities to be treated as such by men and you know don't don't get sucked into a an insane pyramid scheme which some of it I, I, like i i think there's i think there's a lot of of messages i think there's a lot of things that we were trying to say i think i think the first one was kind of raising awareness of okay these are the kind of things that go on these are the kind of tactics that pick up industry uses and pick up subculture uses um so from the point of view of, of 
women that might be on the other end of it. But also we wanted to kind of say to the guys, look, are you actually, do you understand complete, do you fully understand what you're buying into here? Yeah. Um, these are the risks. These are the potential pitfalls that might come up. And I think also, and this is really what was so important about Mini's contribution is this idea of honesty. It's like, well, if not, if not pick up, you know, what, what can I do? If I can't do this, what, what can I do? If I yeah. can't learn some lines and some routines and, 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 and I think, I think that maybe many can talk about this in a bit more detail, but I think there's tremendous power in honesty with people. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually quite attractive is the kind of irony of it. And when you spend so much time around people that have crafted an image for themselves, you see the cost, you see like the psychological cost of, of constantly trying to, to maintain an ideal that doesn't exist. You know, the people pay the pickup instructors because they want to be like them. They want that yeah. lifestyle. I don't know if Minnie has anything else to... Yeah, well, what, um, we're, what we're really about is the human condition and, and the problem that we all have, which is that we, we struggle to recognise the difference between self-development and ego development. And so, and, and the trainers don't understand this either. They don't realise that they're actually feeding their egos. Um, so I think that, that it is also a warning to the instructors to, to point out the difference and, and to say, look, this is, it can go down this awful path if, if you're not aware of it um but also just for the yeah it's, it's a really difficult thing to explain the difference between ego development and the self-development to explain that briefly now but um as a as an instructor really it's my job if a, if a client comes to me and say and says this is what i want and say they they want power and glory they want they want a million women's numbers they want you know to have is having sex with a different person every night. It's, it's my job as an instructor to recognize the difference between what they want and what they need. Right. And to not feed them to help them get what they want, to recognize that they might be going on a destructive path and to, and to question what's beneath it. Right. Like, you know, ultimately you might, you might say, oh, you know, I, I want to, I want to be a multimillionaire and it, but then if you really dig down you might find that what you really want is the respect of your father or something like that so it's, it's my job as a coach to not just take at face value what somebody's saying they want me to help them get it's for me to help them understand if that's if that's really going to get them what they ultimately want is it really you know what do they think they're going to get if they if they get all these women do they think that they're going to be happy do they think that they're going to be fulfilled is it is that what they really want and then to help them understand you know you're not actually going to get fulfillment from this and I think that the documentary does a really good job of that of saying look it's sold as the dream and it does seem like the dream but look at the end look at the end yeah. of this look at Ross Jeffrey yeah it was he was the cat guy wasn't he oh, yeah. don't yeah. give away the surprise ending I, I felt, I, <laughs> come on that's that's the money shot at the end plus I, I was, spoiler, plus spoiler. I, 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 I was watching it and he heard it because you could even be the daughter who was talking to a cat and I 100% I went that's going to be a cat and I love that he did it during the credits I love that you put it there. That was just such a nice little touch for me. I thought that was beautiful. I like the um, I like this almost the story arc of, of sadness that that came in on 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 the people involved in the industry. Um, it's like because it, it it yeah it just didn't they didn't seem to have emotionally fulfilled lives, and you you almost not I think pity is the wrong word, but you felt for them right because they 
they seem to have yeah there was an emptiness that was just it was a bit heartbreaking i think that's what i felt i felt heartbroken for the for the people involved in it yeah they don't they don't have and and you really just can't be happy and fulfilled if you don't have love in your eyes yeah. and actually you know we love jeffrey's ending up with three cats that he adores but actually yeah. he has found love and and that's great and i'm really happy for him that he's found love but it it, it is an illustration of the fact that, that these these men are not people who are really talented at building connections with women mm. they're not they're, they're so bad at building connections with women that they've had to learn how to have a physical connection without actually having a love connection yes. without actually having any of any of the nutritious benefits of having close relationships with others and so actually as Ross Jeffries has progressed in life and and found closer closer and closer closer, closer to truth he actually has managed to form genuine connections only with animals so far it looks like but still that's a step that's a step on from when yeah. he was sleeping with me he and he himself recognized the difference that he's actually much happier now yeah. Yeah. that he's had that he's love through his relationships with animals than he was when he was having sex with a different woman every night yeah, yeah. and um, I, that, I thought that came across really well in, so in, in the feature length um because it's just like a wise guy talking about what he wishes he could have said and you see the footage of him, and I want to say it's kind of like a not a Jeremy Kyle, but a Trisha American yeah, talk yeah, type yeah. show. And just seeing that in it in, in its own microcosm of that time was just fascinating when he's yelling at the crowd and to who he is now. But I also think uh, who was that? I? I don't want to get his name wrong. Uh, Phil Yaka, I think it was the one you did Paul. the podcast with me. Paul Janker. Paul Jank. Paul Janker. Yeah, him talking about what he realized and seeing the growth in him was just an excellent interview, which yeah. it's almost like these young guys with the top knots and the, the fancy shirts doing all these speeches. You can see that's them in 10 years. If they're lucky, like if things go yeah. right, they will have that level of, um, you know, clarity compared to what they're currently in. But those are very excellently put down. Have, uh, have you guys seen Magnolia with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson film. Yeah. yeah so, film. Ross Jeffries is the um, is credited as the inspiration for his character. There's um, a, there's a great line that, that the Tom Cruise character says in that when he's being interviewed and he's been he got hit with a difficult question, and he didn't say anything and he just looked at the interviewee and she said, "What are you doing?" And he says, "I'm silently judging you," and and that summed up how he he perceives people. They are. Yeah, they are his playthings. They are to be manipulated for his own ends. And it, yeah. And again, in, even in that film, his story arc of his, you know, eventual blossoming slightly as his, um, he, he can release some emotions and, and be real. Again, yeah. that's quite nice. And I think that's what you got across in the documentary. Because when I explained the documentary to my, to my partner, she really went for the negatives and I went, actually, no, this, I don't think this documentary, although it was, it's a tough watch um, in it's like, especially as you, you progress through it. Uh, but it's not, a, it's not a miserable watch, right? It's a really, it's a good documentary to watch. And I, I, Rick, did you feel, did you learn a lot watching this? Cause there was lots of that. I was like, that's a thing. Oh, wow. Okay. I more. For, I, I learned more about the scale of the industry. I think yeah. that's very good to shed light on. Like you say, this is just such a cash cow and the like o almost an underground groundswell. 
Um, I thought it was I couldn't quite put a like an age to it, but I think it's interesting. Like, um, is what's the general age range of this catchment that these people flock to? Is it like say eighteen to twenty five year olds, or is it a little bit more older? Oh, it you goes think? way. I've taught people in their seventies. Wow! Wow! <laughs> it, it's it really does cover all age age ranges. If I'm ever in an old folks home and I hear someone getting negged, I'll just that's. A... <laughs> 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 can i just go back to the ross jeffries thing because um without meaning to spoil the ending th 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 this is this is difficult i mean how do i explain this I, I i never wanted as a documentary maker this is this is a very very difficult thing because you get to know people when you spend time with them and when you interview them and then of course with the ending i'm aware as you know, we're aware of how that makes Ross look. And, and some, and there is kind of a, that is an uncomfortable sensation in some ways, because I don't actually like making people, I don't like making fun of people. I don't like yeah. being made fun of myself. Um, it's a really, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a really, really hard, uh, difficult, hard line to walk. I mean, somebody said to me once, um, the, the other thing is he asked us to film the cats. That wasn't something that that was taken on the sly. We, we went to isn't it? Isn't it strange? We yeah. we went to interview him about something else, and then we'd finished, and then he said, "Oh, here, meet um, Pernilla and Tazzleberry. Um, can you you know can you film me with them, please? And can you make you know I'd appreciate it if it ends up in the documentary." Um, but I can yeah. understand what you mean. I remember uh, when we watched the Jinx. You had uh, if you haven't. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but um, he's basically interviewing a guy who he's found the evidence that's murdered his wife, but he's been around this guy for two years interviewing. He's like, I actually like Bob. I feel bad that I'm now going to show him this letter that clearly shows that he's killed his best friend. So mm -hmm. I like, especially on a level where you're not even dealing with someone of that level, I can imagine, yeah, that's, that's a tough line to walk and, how you would cringe at us just laughing at that going, oh, if he's listened to this, I wouldn't want him to think that I think less of him. So I can, I can appreciate that. And how did you handle that in the editing process? So the, the pair of you, it was, so you've got the emotional connections with these human beings who you've got to know. And then there is a part of it, I know, and you're not take, making fun of them. I completely get that. But there is a part, you've got to show their, the underbelly of them. You've got to show their, you know, some of their bad traits. How do you balance that out with the emotions you feel for them as human beings? Because the people you see, they, they have good qualities as well, aren't they? They, they must have. Um, well, we're all human beings. I mean, I'll, if I can answer this quickly, and then maybe maybe Barnaby can put his take on it. Um, it's very difficult because I, I there is an element of oh, there's an element of guilt, and there's an element of yeah. It depends with someone like Justin. It's very simple. Because I explained to Justin, Justin is well aware of the reaction that people are going to have. What's much harder is when people have a narrative of who they are in their own mind, and that doesn't match up to what their behavior actually is. So they think they're, you know, superstar pickup instructors helping loads of people. And it's like, well, actually, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're also damaging and exploiting people. At the same time, we all like to think we're good people. Maybe they don't. Really, it, it's and it's difficult because you see the humanity in people, and we are ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. 
so that's very that is a a tough line to walk i mean uh, uh, there's a friend of mine who said that, that your responsibility is to the audience not to the people in the documentary so that's 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 kind of that's kind of how i i i reconcile it but it's not an easy it's not easy i mean i'll be honest yeah. it's it's something that i kind of struggle with It'd be much easier if we were making documentaries about puppies and you know well, cute well, animals be, and well to be fair, on on the subject of that final shot of the cats, it's not the worst light anyone's shown in in that documentary. I mean, that's almost like a, a joyful upswing at the yeah. end after the, the darkness at the three quarter mark. Which uh, oh, sorry, Barnaby, uh, we said if you have a your own take on Matthew's point there. Sorry, see, I'm <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm, I'm switching gonna, between I'm screens because I've I can't get you all in the same one, so I keep ah, having to okay. back. I feel <laughs> like you, I'm. I'm not trying to ignore you. I just know you're living a way better life than me out there than I am in Newcastle. <laughs> and I'm way happier looking at those two wallpapers than yours right now. <laughs> well, I, I moved I moved house over the weekend, so the house is an absolute disaster. So I'm throwing stuff off in the background just in case uh, we're using some, uh, some video footage. Um, I'm probably going to abstain from answering that question in how I probably would do because I'm, I'm not 100% yeah. certain how that will come across. I think one of, one of the points that I would make is in, this, in the third sort of quarter of the documentary, there is quite a harrowing tale yeah. that is told. Now, the thing is, is that as, as kind of Matt mentioned earlier, we've never gone out purposefully to, you know, make anyone look stupid or edit things in a particular way that makes you question their kind of integrity. But I think as kind of documentary filmmakers, what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring the truth yeah. to the forefront. And like with that story in, in, in the kind of the end part of the documentary, you have a victim that had a really bad experience and you had three people that were instrumental in that bad experience. So looking at the edit and the questions of how do you feel recounting these people's stories i i question the like my own morality of like okay the people that actually were guilty of um you know quite quite a serious um assault they have their own lives too they have their own yeah. parents sisters brothers uncles aunties whatever maybe they're not all bad apples maybe they there is a good side to them but the reality of that situation is they did something really really bad and you have to kind of call them out on it using as as close to the truth and the facts as possible i would if i was related to them i would be devastated um yeah to see that footage and to you know to sort of should we say bring up the past again because i'm sure for for a lot of these people yeah. you're trying to move on you're trying to better yourself and and you've paid your debt to society and hopefully you know you will continue to be a decent upstanding human being but it's quite a difficult that for me is more difficult than looking at an instructor who says okay i've just got three girls to tattoo yeah. my name on them yeah. and i'm gonna introduce them all i think i think that's a very different um, and that's the complexities of the question. human relationship, so, isn't it? That's yeah. Yeah, it is really difficult to yeah. 
to balance that in your own mind. And I'm sure, you know, with photographers and in war zones and seeing all manner of carnage, it, it, it is quite difficult. And how do you balance that in your own mind? And the simplest answer is we try and stick as close to the truth as, as is possible without deliberately, you know, um, painting somebody in, in, in a, a light that isn't really factual at that moment in time. Thanks, Barnaby. And when you had the um, when you had the idea for the the film, did you already have that part that we were just talking about in mind as well? So did you have when the idea came to you, or did it develop over time? When you're like, oh, this as you, so as you got into the, the again the belly of the beast, you were like, oh, this is horrific. Look what we're learning here. Or it, was it what initially and what initially sparked the idea? Where did that come from? Okay, so so that that is something that developed with time. I don't think we started out. Um, and also, I mean, I just want to say that in, in talking about just referencing right. what Barnaby was talking about, um, there was also, a, you know, to include something like that, which is obviously a very serious accusation against the pickup industry, that we wouldn't have included something like that if we felt that that was just a one-off isolated incident or that kind of thing never happened elsewhere it was like a jet there was a sense of okay this is this is uh this is quite um yeah I, I i can't really go into that in too much detail but there was there was sort of things that maybe you saw or there were behaviors that you saw that you thought okay i can see how this could get people in real trouble even if i didn't witness them getting in trouble themselves i know the attitude that they have um, so that's why that's in there, because um, I think it's important to kind of highlight that that side yeah. of things. Um, but to go back to the original question, um, it was something that we uh, I was filming a music video and one of the there was an actress in it who was a conversation girl for one of the pickup companies. So basically what they do is during the daytime seminars, um, they'd kind of teach the students, OK, these are conversation gambits and these are lines and this is how to keep the conversation going and then the students would go and practice on her and she would give them feedback and say okay well you came across well or that was kind of clumsy or um and she was actually the first person that we interviewed uh, as part of the documentary and then and then essentially we just fell down the rabbit hole and we, we just started right. writing to people and and so it was it, the whole documentary was really a process of discovery yeah over the course of the four years that we made it. Um, and, and sorry to ask a really another horrible question. H how many times did you want to quit when you were making it? Because you were like, this is terrible. I'm not enjoying this. Because bits of it are, yeah, you see a real horrible side of men. Were, were there any, sorry, that, let me reframe that question. Were there any moments where you wanted to quit because it was making mm. you feel so horrible when you were making it? I, I can answer that one. I'll give you a brief so moving to Italy. Um, <laughs> we need space. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, so I think the thing is when, when editing, I don't know how many of the listeners or, or people kind of have experience of editing. It is a very repetitive um, pastime. You go over the same scene, the same footage for years and years and years. And in the past we've created or edited or directed dodgy independent films. And I can still to this day recount word for word the script because you just see it so often. 
that you know which bit comes in and and so forth. So sifting through hours and hours and hours of behind the scenes footage, footage in the seminars, the freebie giveaways, it is quite, it was quite a depressing um, experience because you're just like, oh shit, not again. I'm I'm tired of listening to this, um, you know, mantra of, you know, conquer, you're, you know, you're the prize, do this, do that. It, it is quite a depressing, um, after a while, um, kind of experience. But I don't, I think we were more planning to quit on creative differences rather than Because <laughs> <rather than laughs> we, we have been known to have the occasional powwow. No, 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 no. <laughs> Can I, two things. I think first of all, one of the things that happens Don't when get you're yourself out of every it. day you become desensitized to it. And I remember the world the the, the, the premiere, the world premiere that we had right. at Hot Docs. And yeah. it was myself, Minnie, Barnaby were there. And um and it's it's out when you looking at it fresh now is some of it is really outrageous and very shocking and i remember a, a few people walked out like 10 minutes into the documentary and just, because you just forget yeah. you just forget the the like i said you just become desensitized to it huh? well, not not that it doesn't have any impact but when you're around it all the time it's kind of hard for it not to um and i think yeah. i think in terms of wanting to quit the biggest challenge was I mean, we had financing, but we didn't have, it was very, very tight. And because of the complexity of the story, we overran by a bit. Let's just, let's just leave. I don't want to sabotage myself for it. <laughs> yeah, it was a week or so, wasn't it? I don't want to remortgage in the house. Or... <laughs> we overran. No, okay, okay, time out. Let's just say, let's just oh, no, say, no, no, we no, overran. Time out, time out. All of, the, all of the, plenty of projects overrun. We overran. That's we overran. Okay. But yeah. that was very, very <laughs> difficult because it was kind of, can we finish it in time, essentially without bankrupting ourselves? You know, it was kind of the 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 thing. And and because editing is such a slow process, and literally you're getting through thirty yes. seconds to a minute or a minute and a half every day. Um that that was very that was very very challenging um yeah and then i i remember i shot a cut yeah <laughs> can i can i rephrase it <laughs> yeah go on we tried to finish it after oh. bankrupting ourselves <laughs> oh wow and this is not done as any oh, so it's a real labor of oh my god yeah yeah we, Good. we, we were no, that's we're still trying better. to we're still trying to claim <laughs> it back <laughs> Anybody would like to hire us to direct? I promise we'll do it on time and on budget this time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a hit. Sorry, Minnie, you got to say something. Well, I was going to say it shows how much they care. That's one thing that I really got from working with these guys. Is I was I was actually really apprehensive about being interviewed for it because of the nature of the industry and obviously my job title being the same as a lot of the shady characters in there. I was really wary and but I, quite quickly I could see like actually how how much of their hearts were in this and and how important it was. The, yes. the, their dedication to truth and to showing an accurate picture rather than what's going to sell or what's going to make them look good I, I think it's really admirable. 
can I just add something? I think this this is like a compliment to 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 Minnie for her contribution because I know that we have like everyone says, oh, once you get trolled on the internet, you're famous. You're you're getting there. You know, you you've accomplished something because people are commenting. I think the thing is, is that Minnie took a really big sort of stand and you know stand up and be counted for her opinions on this particular industry and you, you've done really well to kind of work through the backlash from you know the industry mm. post the documentary and i think you know that yeah thank you well done um for, for dealing a with lot, that. a lot of abuse and i think that is i can see why as well and, and it's it's a shame because i think a lot of guys they see they see it that i'm trying to take something away from them um that, that this industry is their only hope and that i'm some bitch that's just trying to like take away their only hope to try and promote my own business or something like that and it's you know i accept i accept that people are gonna see it like that and and it's a shame because it, it stops the real message being seen when people can't see beyond that that actually the message of the documentary isn't to shame and blame people it's it's a warning um a warning about how slippery a slope it can be and a warning about how quickly you can get desensitized and how quickly you can you can turn into shady behaviors without even realizing and to watch the documentary and see that these people are not aware that they're doing something wrong the the those three people that they literally bragged yeah. about it on the internet that's how delusional people can become when there's this sort of inbreeding without anyone filtering what's going on is that they can genuinely believe that they're improving their lives whilst committing a crime and bragging about it online and ending up locked up in jail for the rest of their lives. That's, that's how far from reality you can get. And really the warning is that when you're, when you're learning how to manipulate you've got to think about why it is that you're, that you're wanting to manipulate. If you're, you know, if you're terrified of love and intimacy, then if you learn how to manipulate other people, manipulate women, that seems like you're winning because now you can control them, get them to act how you want them to act. But actually all this is doing is it's developing your own ego and, and taking you on a journey into that's, that's taking you further and further away from what you really need, which is to let go of your fears around intimacy and love. And the, the, there's a massive message in the documentary, if you're paying attention, that everybody who finds love drops pickup. Everybody that finds love realizes love is worth more than any of that manipulation, any of the women, any yeah. of the power, any of the money. It's not worth it. What, what you really need is love. What we all really need is love. And Paul Janker found it. Ross Jeffries found it through his cats you know but but all of them are saying the same thing love yeah. is worth more than any I, of I, i'd also so don't be fooled sorry while we're on the mini amazing. appreciation train i want to jump on that quickly <laughs> and and i've kind of said this i've said this privately but i think the other thing is <laughs> like this is a really this really riles people up this documentary on and not just the pickup guys i mean we we've had criticism uh, from, you know, some people think it's too soft on the pickup industry. I mean, this is a crazy thing. It's like on the one hand, you've got the pickup industry trolling us and and a huge backlash from them. And then on the other hand, you've got people saying, well, you, you, you guys weren't, you were too soft on them. You should have been more harsh. And it's kind of, well, that's, that's, I mean, but, but when we went to Hot Docs, when we had the world premiere and, and Minnie came and she was, you know, she went on 
uh, like morning te- the, the daytime shows and the news and she kind of promote she was she was willing to be the face of the documentary to try and get essentially this message really that we're talking about now out there and and that is really appreciated because i think it 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 needed somebody like her to 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 do that i don't think we could have done that as effectively or in the same way and so i do really appreciate that and and i mean now now that the documentary's kind of been out and it's been on stars and it's been in other festivals and it's had some success now it's very easy to sort of look back and say oh well you know it it it's it's hard to appreciate what a risk that was for her and for us at the time sorry to talk about you in the third person um mini but <laughs> just just trying to yeah you know so i i now i thought the i thought the introduction of uh mini in the beginning as well bought bought some humanity to the horrible side of maleness cuz like you said mini it's not not everyone's I, bad right yeah i don't know cool. i mean <laughs> i i appreciate that that's up for debate but I, I really I really understand how these people end up because I've seen the whole process. I understand how they end up teaching these yeah. things. And I, I understand how that horrible incident happened. And it's and it's because it's a slippery slope and that's not where it starts. And people are not aware of the of the early steps that they're taking in the in the wrong direction. And that's what's really important to help people understand. Mm. Can I, can I add one little bit that's outside of kind of that, um, that sort of topic is that I think if, if I was to comment on the documentary, I would say that it is about manipulation because as like, if you could just give one, one kind of word that sums it up, because throughout the entire documentary, you have men manipulating men, you have men manipulating women, you have, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's all about, manipulating other people for your own benefit and you know i, I think that's quite a, a, an important topic or an interesting topic to um to kind of look into mm. uh, how as 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 a global population we are manipulated through advertising through politics through um you know finance desire um and and how how do you kind of combat that from an individual's perspective. Yeah, I think that comes across. I think that really comes across in it. There's, um, it showed you, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm forgetting this because there is a lot of people's names to remember throughout, but it's the guy in Japan who gets the, I think, an initial online backlash to what he's teaching. And it showed you, did you turn an abuse power wheel into a teaching tool? Did I, did I catch that? That was, really, that was like three yeah. seconds of horror within that, but <laughs> I remember catching it. Yeah, was that Julian Blanc? I think. Mm. Uh, that was Julian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot of them in this, um, but I think it's absolutely quality. You guys still getting a lot of backlash from yeah. the doc coming out? Me too. <laughs> I'll stop reading the comments. <laughs> I'm sure many. Of you are. It's just you. It, and it's, it's because of the time difference of where we are, I think a lot of it is, is probably in America because I often wake up. Yeah, you, know, you wake up, oh. <laughs> pick up your phone. Oh, so waking up to someone abusing me, 
Um, it's funny as well because I, I think it just, people are just so delusional about what I'm getting out of this. And I think pe people think that a lot of people seem to think that I made the documentary, which I didn't, obviously, um, and that I'm ma making loads of money from it. I think people don't realise I like I haven't been paid for any of this. I'm, that's, not, that's not a complaint. Yeah. You know, when you when you go on a on, on a TV show or you go, on, people think you're getting paid for it. They think they think that you're making loads of money. And you know, we, none of us have made money from this. That's not the point. The point is a, a passion for for truth and for for helping um, expose an industry for for a positive purpose, which is to to prevent people from falling down a path that's not good for them, and to help them see that there are, are alternatives. I think that really came across. I really did. I, I don't know who you who you believe your target audience are for this documentary, but I would say it should be everyone. It, it's stuff like this and around. Um, there's a few other documentaries that that I've seen where I'm like, we should almost force people to watch them so they don't go down that. You know, they they don't go down that path in life because that's it's wrong, and this is how it's it's just not going to end well. Yeah, I I really did. I got a really. Yes, like I said, it was a. It's not a nice watch, is it? On bits of it, but then a, a great documentary normally isn't. So um, yeah, because it makes Thank you think you. and feel, and it yeah, I think you did your job, is what I'm saying. I think I think one thing to one comment to make is that as a filmmaker, and you kind of sit down every day and you edit and you film and you come up with ideas and narrative forms and stuff. When we went to um the the world premiere screening at, at toronto's hot dogs we kind of sat at the back almost kind of hidden away from from should we say the crowd and as a as a filmmaker when you as you say okay it is a bit of a difficult watch we do tackle quite serious kind of topics within the documentary but there are some slightly more light-hearted um funny aspects to uh, to the documentary as well and I think as you kind of sit at the back and you watch people watching something that you've made or contributed to and they gasp and they cry and they laugh and you know it it, it is actually like a really fulfilling experience to go okay we've we've actually produced something people are responding to emotionally in the way that we actually wanted them to in in the edit um, and that was a, a really fulfilling experience. That's excellent. Yeah, I mean, just, just to talk about the process, I don't know if this is interesting, but there was something, so we we got the post-product, we got like the online grading and the audio done by a company called Coda, C-O-D-A, um, based in Soho. They did a, a, just to plug them, they did a great rate because they like the film. So they normally do like high-end commercials and, um, but they did it because we didn't have that much budget. They did it for like a really reasonable price for us. And they worked incredibly hard on it and they made the audio sound brilliant. And um, when we got to Toronto, they, they, they do a kind of a spot check. So they invite you into the cinema the, the day of the premiere and then you just watch, you know, two or three minutes of the film. And, and then you just say, yeah, okay, that's fine. Everything looks fine. And I, 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 I went in, I sat in the auditorium. I was the only one there. I think Barnaby and Minnie were, I can't remember, they were doing something. And then this just was like, boom, and the sound and the audit. The, and I was just like, oh my God, this is like, a, this feels epic. <laughs> it was a really cool feeling. 
to, to oh, watch once around it so. almost felt like someone else's movie yeah yeah because they've done it they've done it <laughs> they've done it in Dolby you know we're used to editing it on a, a tiny yeah, little yeah. laptop and a, a like a budget setup and the thing is you, you you edit for this you edit for the cinema in mind but there was something to sit in a in a proper uh, theater in a cinema theater and to get like massive 4k projection and 5.1 so it was that was a, that was an amazing experience it was just like, wow <laughs> beautiful yeah, yeah. Um, how, how hard was it to get the funding for the film like how how many doors did you knock on well um Barnaby, do you mind if i yeah no no yeah. And, and if you miss anything i'll jump in so what happened was we we worked on the film and we kind of funded the interviews and, and we funded like some of the, the shooting the footage ourselves. So we spent, and um, we sunk some money into it in the first two and a half years. And then we made a little trailer and then we went looking for financing companies. Right. And there's quite a few companies um, in the UK that do EIS or SEIS. Um, I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it's like no. a, is to encourage high net worth individuals to invest in startup projects or speculative projects or high risk projects, basically, of which making a movie is a high risk investment. Um, and we, sh we shopped it around. We spent maybe six to 12 months trying to find the financing to edit. A couple of roads that didn't, didn't pan out. And then we found one company that was willing to do it, but they would have owned the film. And I, I really didn't want to give over the rights. They would have had creative control and they would have owned the rights to the film. Wow. And obviously that's a lot to give up. Um, and I was at the Cannes Film Festival and I went, I had a meeting with them. And uh, at that point, we've been looking for money for such a long time. I was like, okay, fine. You know what? I, we don't really have a choice except to go with this. So sod it. I'll take the deal. And we'll just have to manage as best we can, you know, which essentially meant giving up the rights to the film and being a, wow. uh, being a work for hire. Yeah. So creatively and uh, from the point of view of, of kind of copyright, it would no longer be our film. And then I was walking, it was the last day of the, of the festival I was there. I was walking back through the, there's a big, big building in Cannes called the Palais, Palais de Festival. And it's, uh, it's where everyone does buying and selling and lots of companies set up stands. It's like a trade show almost. Have you guys been to Cam? No, no, not yet. Okay. So it's like a trade show and there's lots and lots of companies and they set up their stalls and, and buyers come and look at the projects that they've got. And I was walking through and a friend of mine stopped me and said, Oh, Hey Matt, this is Will. He's from New Zealand and he's a documentary maker. You should speak to him about um, your project. Cause he's, um, He's made a lot of money in property and he's just moved into documentaries. And then I'm, I'm and so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm talking to Will and he's telling me about, he was doing a documentary called um, Soldiers Without Guns. And he was saying, and I've made a lot of money in property. I just want to work in documentaries now and I want to, I'm funding my own documentary. And then as we're sitting there, there's this thing, in, the wheels of my mind are really slowly turning round. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I think it, you know, can I ask him if he wants to fund someone else's documentary? Is that is that feasible? <laughs> and then I said, "Well, would you be would you be interested in funding some?" And and I, I I told him about the pickup industry. I told him about the documentary, and I showed him like a five minute trailer. 
Um, and he was really enthusiastic. He's like, wow, this is amazing. How do I not know about this? This is incredible. You know, and then his friend was there and his friend was, oh, yeah, I know about this. I read the game. And then I just said, we just kind of told him, I said, well, would you be interested in funding other people's documentaries and like specifically this one here? And um, three weeks amazing. later, we had the money. It was the most, it was the most bizarre. I mean, I've never heard that happen. It's never happened before or since, but we spent 12 months looking for cash going to you know dozens and dozens of meetings and then it was literally a, a 20 minute meeting in Cannes and a, a kind of handshake and then and then we did formal contracts and all that um that's beautiful yeah it was really cool yeah it was really yeah. cool yeah yeah it was really cool that's the bus isn't it you wait for one bus and then yeah. the two come along at once yeah. and the thing is the brilliant thing about it was um although he owns we split the copyright so he owns like half of the he owns half of the 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 back end from the film but we got to keep creative control and obviously Beautiful. yeah it was great it was great yeah you know you can't How really ask close were you to giving up the creative um, control in terms of did you say you had just gone had a meeting you were about to hand that over and then you met this guy leaving the room yeah no I, it was quite it was yeah quite in, in 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 my mind i <laughs> in my mind i'd already i and barnaby as well we kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that okay we're just going to have to give up copyright and creative control I mean, there's no other way of getting a film made and we've got to get it made we can't just sit on this footage for and then and then yeah, yeah it happened. it's 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 remarkable. I mean, I can see even, the joy in your face as you're telling this story like, now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing is, yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, I, I think it's so. I've never known that happened to anyone else, and uh, not not in that way. Not just a, a, a chance meeting and, and and to get the money that quickly. I, I think it's a standard dilemma, though, for any kind of creative soul, be music, art film documentary it's at what point in time do you give away part of that control or part of those opinions to somebody else because the majority of time you have quite a clear idea in your mind of what you want to yeah. achieve or what you want to say and the more people that have a an opinion into that it can sway it to be something else but i think in terms of sort of the documentary i think everyone that came in on the project and, you know, gave, gave their kind of view of, of the direction um, was actually really good kind of uh, collaborative working uh, with everyone from Minnie to Cassandra, who was kind of story editor to Will, um, you know, between Matt and I, all of the producers, um, it, it kind of all worked really well. But it's, it's that kind of idea of do you give away creative control in your film to to essentially uh you know a private yeah, company yeah. that might not have the best interests of the film at heart well i the thing is not on this one that was why it was so difficult it depends on the project if it depends how close you are to it it depends how strongly you feel about it but just to um i think also just just to go back to the kind of the collaborative nature of it mini was very I remember quite late on in the in the editing process and we had a cut this and then I sort of went around to show the cut and this, this was the this was the infamous and and she watched it and I could just tell from her face that she was like this is not quite there because what you've done is you've you've 
you've told the doc, you've told the, you've sort of told the dark side of the pickup industry, but you haven't really given anyone an alternative, and you haven't really given hope because you get you get lost in it when you you sort of lose perspective. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, Christ, what was so difficult? I knew yeah. she was right, but it's like you just want to finish it. But at the same point in time, I don't know if, uh, if if you have anything to say about that, Minnie. Uh, oh yeah, I mean that was a really hard moment because I mean, they've been working flat out on it for a really long time and Matt came around and he, he looked exhausted and he sat and watched it with me and I just so I so wanted to finish it and go it's amazing it's perfect I'm so happy <laughs> and it's you know it is it's difficult because also part of you is thinking but maybe that's just my opinion maybe that's just my perspective and so you want to be careful but I I just felt like um and, and I still feel like actually that there's a there's a much easier documentary to to make with all this material, and it's and it's the one that goes look at all this, it's all awful. These people are shit. We should shame and blame them, and this should stop. Um, and it's that's that's the easier route to go. It's going to get a reaction. You're, everybody's going to be on your side, you know. But but that that's not helpful, and there, there's sort of no point to doing. Really, it's yeah. it's much harder to to try and show the nuance, and I and I honestly don't think anyone else has ever done that with all the coverage that the pickup industry has had. No one's ever said, "Well, hang on a minute, why don't we try and understand why this is happening?" And from my perspective, that's the only way that you're going to get change. Because if you just banned the pickup industry, you haven't solved the problem. Because the problem, you've yeah. got millions of people probably who have no idea how to form human connection and they're fearful of intimacy and they're fearful of love. That's the actual problem. The pickup industry is a side effect of yeah. this problem. So if you get rid of the pickup industry, it will just crop up in a different way. We've got to try and understand what is it that make, that sucks people into this industry? What is it that makes people vulnerable in the first place? And how can we deal with those issues? Because that's, that's where you're gonna find the solution. And so I, I think it's, it's much more valuable that they've shown the nuance and it, it's, a, it's a complex watch. And, and every time I watch it, I get something else from it, even though I've seen it like probably 15 times now. There's, there's so, so many layers to it. It's, it's not just, oh, we discovered mm -hmm. this industry and it's all bad and look at all these horrible people. Yeah. They really tried to show the, the student's perspective. You, you show the development of the, the different almost levels of instructor and how some of them you, you think oh they're not that bad oh it's and you, you find yourself laughing you know at the beginning of the documentary the audience were often laughing and then you see the next stage and people kind of stop laughing maybe yeah. the occasional chuckle and then it keeps going and by the end everyone's just horrified because they've shown they've shown the whole path yeah. not just the people and i think yes. that's really really valuable Cool. Um, Rick, I know you've got some questions and I know I've done what I normally do, which is talk too much. I'm so. not gaslighting you to talk any less, Matt. You've been absolutely fine, Paul. I'm looking at my <laughs> behaviour. I'm happy with what everyone's saying. Um, no, i I got to be honest. I've got one nerdy question and then just a couple of practicalities. Uh, number one is, um, I see it in a lot of documentaries. How do you get the 911 call audio? Not that I want to ring up and get these. I've just always that's always been a question when I've seen that crop up like in Blackfish or something like that. Is is that like freedom of information? Do do people release that to you? So we 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 when we went to interview the district attorney in San Diego, 
uh, she she gave us the 911 audio call. She also gave us some CCTV footage, which um, was it was just too much to put in. I think the thing is with that kind of subject matter, it's I think there's a fine balance between is for that segment. I think we very much erred on the side of okay, less. Yeah, that speaks for itself. Less, at the very less least, is uh, that one. Just, just, yeah. just not less is more even, but just like just show enough so that people understand yeah. what happened and let's not, um, cause yeah, like I said, there was some CCTV footage, which was oh, just yeah. fucking horrible to be honest. Um, which is not in there. I thought the landlady of that building was an absolute legend. The effort she yeah. went to, to yeah. help track them down and yeah. stuff like that. That was a real hero for it. Um, and uh, last la- last thing is, where's best for people to find it? I know you guys very kindly sent us a link. I, I searched Amazon. Sure. I don't think I could find it on that. Where Where is it currently? And is the plans for it to be elsewhere to find the pickup game? So if you are in the US, it's on Stars. It's on the US uh, streaming platform Stars. Um, in the UK, we are in conversation with a couple of broadcasters now. Um, when When will the podcast go out, do you think? Uh, we we can either hold it back if you if you wanted to go out a, a later date, but we'd normally have like a week or two week turnaround. Okay. Yeah, um, get one like this it, edited. It, so I'll, I'll probably edit it tomorrow and get it over to you, the three of you, and Rick for approval. Okay, cool. So probably by, uh, yeah, probably by Wednesday, Thursday this I week. I think uh, the pickup game is on Amazon in the UK. I can see it. Uh, I just, we, I, uh, oh, cool. I think the thing is, it's it's. If if we just if we just say that it will it's on Amazon uh, pay per view like you can uh, and it's on Apple again um, like Apple Apple TV slash iTunes and Google Play and uh, YouTube rentals. It's we've currently just this probably doesn't need to go on the podcast, but we've currently taken it off for the UK while we negotiate with a couple of um, broadcasters. Right. So right. Paramount Plus. Uh, launching a new streaming service in the UK, they 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 may be interested in licensing the documentary. We're basically waiting to hear from them. So if if they agree to license it, then it will be on Paramount Plus. Um, if not, then we will put it back on Apple and uh, Amazon and uh, Google Play. Right. But we've had to take it off while we while we negotiate while while we kind of while our exact right. producer negotiates that deal. Well, that's that's like I gotta be honest as a nerd. That's a behind the scenes I love hearing. But obviously, if you don't want that, <laughs> no, in, we can't. I'm happy to. I'm, I'm happy to put it in there. I mean, I, I I guess the simple thing is look for it on Amazon and iTunes. If it's not on there, feel free to come back in a month or two. Or <laughs> like, like if, if, then if we ha- if if Paramount Plus haven't bought it, then it will be on there. Um, and yeah. if not, it'll be on Paramount Plus. But then that uh, might not be very helpful for. Uh, and if you go to the pickup gamefilm.com yeah um you've got links where you can view it yes. on there as well yeah so, uh, as a quick question matt you can confirm on this is it on vimeo yeah yes. vimeo is yeah. what i so saw that, that, yeah we saw it on vimeo yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah if you go to, i mean maybe the simplest thing is if if listeners go to the pickupgamefilm.com and they'll be yeah. and go to the, the the there's a section there which explains where you can watch it and we kind of keep that updated. So that's that's probably the simplest thing. Yeah, you very kindly gave us a free copy to watch, but because I'm an impatient idiot, uh, I just needed to test that it worked 
and me and Rick didn't get back to watching it for a couple of days later, <laughs> so it timed out. So we ended up buying it anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. you can refund that if you like, man. <laughs> no, God, no, no, we're not going to do that. that was, it was worth seeing. It was worth seeing. To be honest, yeah. This is the first one where, uh, where this is the second interview, though. Yeah, second interview I'd say we've done uh, other than just reviewing the documentary. So for us, this was the first one where we'd been approached on a one we hadn't seen. So for us, thank you so much for making yes. something we enjoyed because this could have been like a long hour <laughs> of like, so um, that guy with the top knot, what do you think of that? <laughs> but no, that was... I, I thought it was an absolute brilliant documentary and, and well worth checking out. I'm sure it's just going to go in like waves of viralness and uh, I look forward to what you're up to next. Yeah. yeah, what are you up to next? I'd like to know about that briefly. So we're currently working on a documentary called Ten Count about uh, mental health in athletes. Um, awesome. Yeah. So it's it's cool. It's really interesting. Um, there's off the back of uh, the because the pickup game like it's done quite well as a feature documentary, and then off the back of that, there's there's a few other things that we're involved in and and kind of pitching out. It's been it's been really cool as an experience to kind of feel like it's opened a lot of doors um and it's it's given us access to the kind of people that that we which is i mean it's not why we made it but it's 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 just it's just opened a lot of doors and 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 given us access to the kind of you know big platforms and and key decision makers and so so we have a few things kind of going on in the background that we 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 can we i don't know if we can but 10 count 10 yeah, count is and true crime series that we're working on um, yeah amazing so we'll wait and well, see we will cross <laughs> we will definitely be on the lookout for those guys because yeah. yeah i thought this one he's knocked it out of the park and mm. uh many as well absolutely fantastic uh in the documentary and thank you very much for uh, mini and what are you up to next so Doing my own dating coaching, um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I teach one-on-one -on -one. Um, and studying. I'm always studying as well, studying psychology, trying to persuade my partner to move abroad. <laughs> I hear Italy's nice this time of year. Oh, it's hard, it's harder to get in now. <laughs> well, listen, the free, have you got anything you want to ask us before we, we wrap it up? Uh, I did. I did want to ask. So you said your your you said your partner focused. You said that uh, they focused on like the negative side when you talked about well, the documentary. I just was just curious about that. Yeah, she. Um, so we. I wanted to test the the Zoom connection mm -hmm. make to make sure we got the recording right. Um, and I said, "Would you talking about it?" And I said, "From a woman's perspective, what do you think we should be asking the the directors and and Minnie?" and her view on just on the title and what it comprised of uh, was it was quite negative. And then, and then Rick was on the call as well. We were like, actually, the documentary is not like that. It is not a, yeah, it, it shows the underbelly. There was a definite misconception of Matt asking a question and what they thought the documentary was. Mm. They, yeah. they almost thought it was kind of a, this is a how-to, not this is a what goes mm. on. Uh, yeah, that well said. Thank you, Rick. That's much better than thank you <laughs> as always by no means is this a review of your work no, this no, is no, not what all. do you think of this that hadn't seen it no, but, uh, and, well, but, the, but the reaction was as extreme 
um, that if it wasn't like that, you could imagine you guys would have a hell of a backlash mm. even. So it, it's a it's a it's a delicate no, subject to tread because this is something I mean, like, that people have to uh, deal with. But when Rick explained that to my missus, because um, it was my missus and, and his missus on the call, just testing the link, the pair of them went, "We're going to have to watch this," and their interest was just peaked. Women do watch it. I actually think it's even more important for women to watch it than men yeah. because I, one thing that's going to really stop this in its tracks is awareness. Mm. You're not going to get you're not going to get reined in by these things if you're if you're prepared for it and that's that's actually how i ended up in involved in this in the first place was because i'd read the book the game and then i i met a pickup artist in a bar just a complete chance me quite shortly after that and he he tried to pick me up and i just recognized something he did and obviously i called him up on it and said i'm, I'm really sorry but i'm not really interested in you gaming me thanks very much take it elsewhere um and and then he was just so shocked that I knew about it that we ended up in a long discussion about about the industry. And then he actually invited me along to to one of the boot camps. That's how I ended up to one of the training sessions. Sorry, and that's how I ended up in the industry because I I went along out of fascination, think expecting to see this horrible industry full of crazy people all peacocking around. And then when I and I just wanted to go out of fascination. And then when I got there, I saw all these students who were just normal men that just needed a bit of a help. And I thought, well, I can, I can do that. I can help yeah. you. And I wanted to help. That's how I, that's how my own business started. That's a good insight. How you got into it. And you worked with them for a while, didn't you, with the organizations and then you. No, no I didn't actually. So oh, I, I was I only actually a long time ago that I, I find it really hard to remember exactly how long I was there in my head. It, it was a few months and I was only working, you know, it was a Saturday job for me at, at the beginning. I was just, it was just a way to earn a bit of extra money being a conversation coach, similar to, to the girl that mm. Matt met. Um, and then I, you know, similar to when you watch the documentary, you get there and you see these people that need help and you think, oh, this isn't bad, actually. You know, it's got these, all these bad connotations, but actually it's not bad. And then you start to pay attention to what's what some of the other instructors are doing and i think the thing is in this industry is that everybody is self-employed well certainly when i was there everybody was self-employed so you're teaching your own thing and you have you don't have that much to do with what everyone else is teaching but when we came together for these you know the group training sessions the, the boot camps you know you you would watch what other people were doing and then you'd see the effects on the students and you just start to see patterns and then i started to realize this actually this, this is really not good yeah. and there's there's a justification for everything you know it's like when you get stopped by the charity people in the street you know you, you you try to say something and they've already got an answer for it it's like they they've, they've preempted what you're going to say and and then you can't you still can't get away and it's it's a similar thing really i think where there's and you hear it in the documentary you know oh well women have got makeup men you know that <laughs> oh, this yeah. is just men to, and and i i get that comment all the time you know people abusing me online saying oh you know you're you're talking about authenticity and you're wearing a full face of makeup and um i mean for a start you, you try and get onto a, onto a tv show without somebody plastering your face in makeup it's not going to happen you know <laughs> i didn't do that makeup um but really that's not the point and and if and so many men they just accept it at that they just go oh yeah women have got makeup that gives them the hand that's them pretending to be something they're not and we're doing this and that's just the same thing and and it's not the same thing, you know. You can you can draw some comparisons 
some some comparisons to some elements of it as in yeah. are you trying to show a better light than you actually are yeah of course you know I don't naturally look as good when I haven't got makeup on as I do when I have got makeup on but I'm not kidding anybody that I'm not wearing makeup and I will take my makeup off when I when I have a partner you know I, I will show people what I naturally look like. it's it's not and, and and again it comes down to intention it's like am I wearing makeup to try and take something from this man no I'm not and and that's the difference it's it's because some elements of pickup can be used you know you you could read a, a chat up line in a book or you could even neg somebody and and if and you're it could be possible that your intention is that you just really want to meet somebody and you don't have any other tools for opening up a conversation and and I see this sometimes you know men like your friend probably who who they they, they use a few pickup lines and, and a bit of a routine but actually because their intention is genuine beyond that they then start to form a genuine connection yes. they drop that, that that's and then exactly finish. what happened yeah yeah and when it's used like that you know it is what it is and that I don't necessarily have a problem with that I still I still wouldn't teach it and I still think there are much better ways of doing things personally um but you know, it's, it's like the difference between a white lie and a, a really really dark lie yeah. that's hugely deceptive arms people you know there's a whole s scale of things ultimately I think honesty is just the best policy and the, the best way is to not get stuck in lines and routines and even using terms like calling women targets or referring to them as a number but I see that justified all the time but it's you know that's the first step on this slope yeah. once you're starting to turn an object like that you're you're creating distance rather than closeness which is never going to end up in a in a connection I've got an awful one of it there. <laughs> no, no, you haven't at all. No, no, that was that was awesome. That yeah, that was awesome. Thanks. Can I add one comment to your partner's knee-jerk reaction to just the, the, the topic of the documentary? Yeah. Um everyone's got an opinion, everyone's entitled to an opinion, and you can't kind of sit on your soapbox and say it should be different if, if people disagree with yourself. But one or two instances on online we've been rated by individuals and they gave us very poor ratings and in the description it says i haven't even watched the documentary <laughs> i'm just i'm just so outraged and appalled that this topic is out there that i'm just gonna give you a, yeah. a bad rating and i think the thing is is it's kind of the question how do you <clears throat> how do you reach out to somebody who may have a particular opinion mm. or uh, you know a knee-jerk reaction to this topic, and actually say, okay, <clears throat> we're we're bringing something else to the table here that may benefit a lot of people. Um, uh, that that's one of the tricky things that we are almost still trying to um, the hurdle we're trying to get. I, I, I completely understand that reaction, by the way. I mean, I'm sure Barnaby does as well. It's like, it is, it's that it is just because of the subject matter. Like it's, yeah, yeah I, I totally get it. Um, I think that's why this, I, I think this podcast in particular, actually, I really feel like we've managed, there's kind of that thing of, I feel like we've managed myself and Barnaby and Minnie have kind of managed to sort of say what we are trying to say. We've, we've tried to expand a little bit on the message. And I think, you know, credit to you guys for your questions and, and, and how you've kind of set that up for us. So it's, it's been, it's been um, 
I've really enjoyed doing, I've really enjoyed this because I feel like we've, we've kind of added to the documentary. We've kind of expanded a bit on that conversation and it is a, it is a complex and difficult conversation to have in many ways. And again, this is, this is sort of the thing with, with Minnie when in, in Toronto, before we knew what the reception would be, it takes a certain amount of courage to kind of go out there and, and put your flag in the ground and say, yeah. Um, so I get, I, I, I understand that reaction. You know? Yeah. But like I said, the pair of them, once Rick had cleared up my, uh, my ineptitude on explaining what, what we were doing. Uh, yeah. The pair of them were like, yeah, we, okay, we need to watch it. And as he said, you cannot judge something that you haven't seen. Um, no, we do. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's... And, and I, I said, my utmost respect for anyone taking online abuse. We've had one negative comment on our YouTube channel that we can't find uh, on our episode of uh, the secret world of incels in which an incel uh, was annoyed at how they were portrayed in the documentary we spoke about, but so in that that hurt us. That, I got to be yeah, honest, that that was difficult to read. So and that was one comment. You, that's one <laughs> so, comment. We don't get a lot of attention. So you guys, we uh, yeah. yeah, hats off to you. And I think it is. I I like I said, I got no answers on um, what that actually does to people mentally. I think it's a new thing that's coming around this whole viral abuse and what effect that has on people. But um, yeah, just. Hope is a okay. Think of it as spiritual practice. Spiritual um, practice. <laughs> yeah, somebody said to me, "Oh, I'm sure you can turn off the comments," but I, I don't, I don't want to because I think it for me, it's about you know really solidifying in me. Like I've got to know that my heart is in the right place, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if somebody says to me, "Oh, you've just done this for money. You've done this." It doesn't matter what someone else thinks because I know that I didn't. Yeah. I know that I'm trying to help, and I know that I I know where all of my actions are coming from, and that they're they're rooted in wanting to do a good thing and wanting to to help people find truth. And the the more I know that the less the comments affect me. And, and I find actually now they just don't really affect me at all because it, I just keep bringing it back to they're just wrong if they're yeah. judging me for something yeah. like that. And if somebody's thinking something that's wrong, that's just not my problem. Yeah, that's a, no, that's an excellent way. I do think there's kind of a threshold <laughs> where you get over and you just, okay. <laughs> just like, but, but I remember people bad-mouthing some of our early work Christ, yeah well i think i think that's the other thing <laughs> is, yeah we've we've had yeah we've had some very painful experiences with other early films that we made where we put our heart and soul into them and then they never went anywhere or they got like, very bad reviews or, or you know because it would have helped to have gone to film school yeah, for us yeah but. it would have yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't we we sort of learn in our craft and you know we and the thing is i said this on you know i've, I've been We've, we've been to screenings of our films where nobody turned up uh, in the early days, which was, I mean, that's quite a, a hard experience. And then we've had screenings of this where there's literally a line around the block of people waiting um, and it's sold. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And so I think, but I think those, those early days, and especially when you, especially dealing with buyers and industry, I mean, it's, 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 quite some of that is quite brutal so i think that prepares you a little bit for um for the comments and yeah and i imagine 
Twitter's not quite as bad when you're in a, a negotiation, you're about to give everything away just to complete something. Yeah, I, th- I imagine that's an, an easier step. No, but also with, with finished films. So we made a few films, made a few documentaries before, and we'd go and we'd try and sell them. And people are not, uh, they're not shy about telling you if they think something's shit. No, so, I mean, <laughs> so, so we've been on the receiving end of that. It's like Simon Cowell, you know, Simon Cowell has a reputation for being, I mean, it's kind of, it, it's, it's way worse when it's behind closed doors and, and, <laughs> me and rick would uh yeah we'd call that crawley on a saturday night when we're gigging in crawley um, and it's brutal it's in your face but then there's the other side of it isn't there i did a gig on saturday night i've never been hugged by so many people after a gig because they enjoyed it so much was this, this is a stand-up gig in stand-up oh, cool. yeah and yeah, yeah. just I, I i couldn't social distancing matt i know but, <laughs> because i'm I'm so little. They literally came up to me and pe- people have look at little people very differently. And they just came up to me and have thrown my arms around me. And once the first person had done it, loads of people done it and they just didn't stop doing it. They were like, that was such a great night. And they, uh, yeah. But, and then the night before was the complete opposite of that. So mm, um, they were just happy to leave. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've seen my comedy. Yeah. I, I think um, stand up is incredibly like that takes real uh, guts and fortitude to do stand up. I, I mean, I know a couple of people that have tried it, and yeah, I think it's very, very. It, that's probably even more extreme than a buyer telling you, you know, your film is. is I don't know. It, it when you put your heart and soul into anything, if someone tells you it's shit, mm. that hurts your soul, right? Oh, it hurts your soul, and sometimes. Yeah, you partly agree with them. You're like, I can see your point of view. I need to do that better, actually. Yeah, okay. I'll, and and other times you're like, no, what are you talking about? That's really good. I've had I've had 200 people tell me that that was great. You're one person telling me it's bad. and But we seem to focus on, well, I don't know about well, you, you three, but I, I try and start, I don't even read comments anymore. I can't. It's just, it's not healthy. I've, I can do my best work and then, if people like it or they don't, that's up. That it's exactly what Minnie said. It's up to them. That's their choice. All I can do is put the hundred percent of what I do into it, and then and hope that people like it and they get as much fun out of it as I do. If not, okay, it's not for everyone. You know. Well, I think. I mean, going back to process again, I think with those early films, it was heartbreaking to be told it was the the, the failure of selling the films was heart was a heartbreaking process. We spent two years making a film. We spent another year and a half trying to sell it. Didn't get anywhere. Some people, I mean, I remember this one guy wrote us an email. So I, I read your pitch uh, or I saw your trailer and I literally fell off my chair laughing. I think it was what he said, that the amateurness of it all. Smell the What's that mean? I just said, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, there was another guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I finally just said there was a guy in Cannes who watched it. Uh, and he, I, he said, uh, you can smell the behind the scenes. Like you get so amateur, you can smell it. You can, you can almost feel that you're there as camera, you know, doing the cool. And, 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 and that was heartbreaking. But the thing is, and honestly, I remember coming out of that meeting actually, the smell the behind the scenes meeting. And I thought I thought Barnaby was going to jump across the table and punch him. And I I, 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 I honestly thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown because I was so upset and hurt 
and I didn't, is I don't know how to process this emotion. You know, we've done all this work. We've taken it to Cannes. Yeah. It's supposed to be a big, but one of the things that's happened recent in the last maybe two or three years is I think we've found a way to become disen disengaged from feedback. So even if someone says, yeah. and you know what, like, like, let's say your partner, let's say your partner watched the film and she said, you know what? I think this is totally off. I think these guys have completely misjudged it. That's fine. That doesn't actually, that doesn't, that wouldn't actually, uh, I mean, obviously I would prefer that she liked it or anybody liked it, but, but I think that there's a thing of kind of de developing that ability to, to disengage from taking it personally, I think is really helpful as far as kind of yeah. the process and, and in terms of, and, and I think maybe, but maybe the only way to get there is to go through loads of shit. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know if you can do that without, without all the knockbacks. And if you can make it out the other side, you can continue yeah. on. Otherwise you give up. I don't yeah. know. It's like if Andy Dufresne stayed in the, the sewer tunnel, is what you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep crying. <laughs> but I do know, I do know how hurtful. I do, I, 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 get, I think we all do actually. Um, but yeah. But listen, guys, we we thank you for being so generous with your time. Thank you for having um, us. This is this has been absolutely been fascinating pleasure, for us. Thank yeah, you. thank you very much. Thank you very very much for having us on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank, yeah. thank you so much, you guys. Too. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Take thank care. you. Cheers. Bye bye. Ta -da. Bye. I'm going off to the beach now. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> you can see one of us works. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cool. All right. Thank Thanks, you very guys. much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.